Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by the Grand Duke of Gifts, the Conductor of Chaos, the Middle Manager of Madness, Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how's it going? I needed that today, Metcalf. <laughs> That's how the day's going. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, it's all better now that I get to talk to our listeners and do the No Ceilings Pod with you. But you had a little spunk on that intro. You had a little bit more energy. I, I, see, you, you could swift the entire momentum of a podcast, Metcalf, with just a couple words. How are you doing, my friend? I am exhausted, but thrilled <laughs> to be talking basketball. And just it, it's it's the best way to start out a weekend. Um, NBA is back. Finally had some basketball in my life that uh, isn't oh, gosh, these horrid, gosh. horrid high school games that you know, before we hit the record. We were both like, I can't do it anymore. Like these high school games are brutal. So we have real basketball again, which is just an absolute delight. And both our teams are undefeated. So we're obviously going to meet in the NBA finals. It'll be fun. Feels pretty good. Not going to lie. Um, shout out to Nathan. You know, he was talking a lot of trash in the no ceilings group chat about his Sixers against the Celtics. I stayed quiet. And then right at the end, hit him with a nice little what we learn. So <laughs> feel pretty good about that. Yeah, it, for everyone listening, this I'm going to warn you guys. Me and Metcalf, we're going from two episodes a week to one with the No Ceilings feed. We'll be out every Friday. So I feel like this is a, a little bit of a, you know, a bittersweet moment. I think me and Metcalf might get a little wild on this one because we've just had some crazy days when it comes to the work grind. But I love watching film. Everybody knows this about me. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows this. I watch too much film. I probably need to get more sleep. My fiance would agree. And it's not that we can't stand watching high school basketball, but I have reached my peak of watching (laughs) high school basketball. I can't do anymore. We did it. We're launching a preseason draft guide Monday. Couldn't be more pumped about that. I am so glad I don't have to watch high school basketball film anymore. (laughs) Please. We have 18 days. We're recording this on October 20th. We have 18 days left until college basketball is back. I am literally foaming at the mouth. Please come back. I need it. So try to watch overtime elite tonight and, you know, feel like I needed Edward Scissorhands to come poke my eyes out with the scissors. Like I'm, I'm, 
I'm in a dark place, Metcalf, but you make it better. You bring light <laughs> into every situation. This is my event. This is me cleaning out my closet, and I'm so ready for draft season to fully be back. Yeah, so th- th- this is the last the, the last episode where we where we are uh, the sole proprietors of the No Ceilings podcast feed. It's it's bittersweet, yes. um, but you, like you said, we will be publishing on the feed every Friday, uh, which I'm very excited about. We got some really cool things planned in terms of segments and whatnot going forward. Um, on Mondays, you guys will be hearing the Draft Deeper crew with Nathan, Maxwell, and Steven. On Tuesdays, we will have a rotate rotation of No Ceilings hosts with a guest from outside the No Ceilings family uh, most of the time. On Wednesdays, we'll be hosted by Nick Agar Johnson doing deep dives on the NBA rookies and some sleepers and just really whoever he wants to talk about that week. Then on Thursdays is the draft deck crew with Corey and Albert. So it's going to be a lot of fun. There are going to be a lot of different voices and insights and styles. Um, really excited for it. And just doing one show a week just means we get to come up with more crazy ideas to do on the side. So it, it'll, it, it'll all be good. Yeah, it's going to be outstanding. Um, the The new show we're going to have is going to be awesome. I'm, I'm excited. And for everyone listening, like we will have a graphic up on social media to kind of promote everything and give everyone a heads up. But a lot of good stuff in the works. Um, just because me and Metcalf are going to once a week, we have plans already. We've, Like I've said, all offseason, we've been working. We've got a lot of stuff you know, in line. Um, I got a lot of YouTube segments that I'm actually going to religiously pump out this year um last year i kind of debuted the prospect series i'm gonna do a ton of those this year because now i have the technology down finally that's what i've been working on this whole off season i know me and metcalf have kind of sprinkled the idea of doing some stuff together i got a couple more segments i want to do it's gonna be fun um we've been doing a lot of social media stuff shout out Paige, who who's on board she's doing an outstanding she's job already star. yeah she's a rock star she's motivating our, our soldiers and i can't believe i'm posting tiktoks now i mean what <laughs> is going on like I, you see how badly i need draft season back but no it's it's been great and um i'm just i'm just pumped yeah i'm really proud of this team and i'm sorry I'm, I'm going on a little rant i told you guys this episode was gonna get crazy but i'm really proud of everyone and i'm proud of the new additions and where we're heading well this episode is going to be the last of our conference previews. Um, I know we didn't get to all of them. Poor planning on my part, but you know, life gets in the way sometimes. But we are covering the ACC, and there is part of my French, but a fuck ton of talent in this conference this year, and specifically on Duke, who is just loaded with five star talent coming in, um, number one recruiting class in the country. I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Where, where on this team do you want to start? I know how we feel about one guy, so let's save him. I don't want to start off on that note. Sure. Let's talk about Mr. Lively, can we? I'm Please. still a little all over the place. So I kind of want to talk to you yeah. about him, but Derek Lively, seven foot one, listed at 230, incoming freshman, number one in ESPN 100. I think he's number one on 247, too. I think he's the consensus number uh, one. I prospect. believe so. I believe so. Sorry if that's wrong. I've been wrong a lot lately, apparently, with, you know, life. But <laughs> shit happens, and you go on. You keep punching. And that's why I love the No Ceilings crew, baby. But here we go. Derek Lively. He averaged 14, 14, and four and a half blocks as a senior. 
incredibly talented, very intriguing. You know, he's got the athleticism. He showcases some outside shooting. I don't know how I feel about it, but it's high school. So we have to weigh everything with a grain of salt. But this is where I'm so intrigued to talk with you, Metcalf, about Mr. Derek Lively is I don't know the last time that, you know, number one prospect coming into college basketball. I've seen him mocked anywhere from top five to 13th. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of a little bit all over the place. So are you thinking it's just kind of everyone needs to wait and see and see if like, because we've seen some photos too of him in the off season. He looks humongous. Like he, he put on some good weight. He's been working his butt off, but I just kind of, I, I feel like I'm in that crowd. That's like, okay, I think I know what you're supposed to be, but sort of the Jalen Duran effect of last year is like, okay, when you're bigger than everyone in high school, I need to wait and see if you can do this in the collegiate level. I, I think that's kind of where I'm at right now because I, I, the athleticism is obvious. Like he's muscular, he's strong, he's agile, he's explosive. Like I, I have no concerns over the athleticism. And I think that alone gives him at least a solid like floor as a player where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, th- this guy can be a rim running shot blocking backup big worst case scenario. He plays, you know, six, seven years in the league bounces around maybe a little bit. You know, I think that's worst case scenario, which for a lot of guys is a really good outcome and a solid career. But when you're the number one overall recruit, it's weird that the expectations aren't higher. And you mentioned the outside shooting. I think, think it will come a come around i think he'll be able to knock down the you know occasional trail three you know open jumpers off the catch um i think the mechanics generally look good and when watching these high school games there'd be one like just picturesque form just drains it nothing but net next one he like misses the rim four feet to the right and it's like what the fuck was that like the shot looked the exact same um and then you know the couple videos have been coming out from duke training camp of him just knocking down corner three after corner three after corner three and it's like okay i i think eventually he's gonna be able to shoot um my bigger concern with him is so wh- when i watch these guys and try and get a scouting report and stuff on them i watch them and only them when they're on the court because i right. want to see all the nuances of their footwork their positioning the angles of their hip their hips all of that stuff there were a lot of games where I forgot that he was on the court, even though yes. I was specifically watching him, which yes. is really concerning for me. I could not agree more. That was, that's been my biggest thing that's preventing me from being all in on the lively train, because there's some guys that no ceilings that feel the same way. There's also some guys that are like, I absolutely love him. I'm all in. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a believer, which is why I love, you know, talking draft prospects so much with this team is because you you appreciate everyone's opinion because I'm always one of those like if you if you don't agree with me I'm I welcome it because I'm like what am I not seeing that you're seeing I want to challenge myself and it's not just about me but I'm like I can learn something from everyone and and in the same way with people on Twitter like if if they're speaking highly of someone and I have them 25th I'm like whoa 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 what what am I missing like why do you feel that way like educate me because I'm not a know-it-all, and I know I might come off that way on the podcast, but, you know, sometimes you just got to, you know, be a villain. But anyways, Metcalf, I agree with you. There's too many times on tape where he disappears 
And I'm like, how does a seven foot one guy disappear? How do I not know he's on the court? And I don't know if me and you have talked about this plenty of times. I don't know if this is the superstar high school treatment where it's like, I'm seven, one, I'm dominating when I want to, I can turn it on and off. We'll see a Duke. You ain't going to be able to do that because everyone's going to be able to battle with you. And I need that motor to, to be high to start the year. Yeah. I need him to be running full pedal to the metal. And if he could do that and showcase some specific areas of improvement, yeah, I'm going to be buying quick. And I think NBA teams will too. Yeah. Cause like on defense, I really like almost all of his tools. Like I think he moves well on the perimeter. I think he can switch. I think he has good awareness, the shot blocking at the rim. Like I like all of it. It's just on offense. Like where'd you go? And like, he'll just kind of stand at the top of the arc and, you know, execute a couple handoffs and screen and then just go through the motion. So I don't know. It might be what you said where, all right, he's locked up the number one recruit in the country. He's had the scholarship offer from Duke for months. He's just going through the motions, you know, playing with his guys, trying not to get hurt and just he's going through the motions. I just teaching mentality and changing a player's mentality is so hard and you have to go to the exact right spot for that to happen. And that stuff just scares me. And I just don't remember having these hesitations with the number one overall recruit, maybe ever. I, I feel like I have him like late lottery or, or, yeah, yeah, I have him at 11 right now. And I don't remember having a prospect like that. Um, trying to think back in the day, like who's one of the late, I think Avery Bradley randomly was like one of the number one recruits in his class. I might be wrong off the top of my head, but he went later in the first round. So it's just like, you're talking off the top of my head. Um, I'm sorry. My encyclopedia is not working completely today, but it's it's going to be an interesting position with Lively because this t- we're going to talk about plenty of these guys. We'll probably spend way too much time on them, but it, they deserve it because this team has so many intriguing incoming pieces and Lively has the potential to be one of these guys that I think if he can come out of the gate and showcase his dominance early on, he could really heat up as yeah. a top pick. And we see this every year with big guys that are athletic and have his skill set NBA teams are always going to be foaming at the mouth for that potential next pick. Like James Wiseman, Jalen Duran looked fantastic in his, yep. his debut. Is that where we're at? Is Are we needing the same kind of proof as we wanted with Jalen Duran? Because me and you last year were very cold on him to start the year. And I think we warmed up towards the end of the year. And then he went to a great spot, which I'm still adamant. Like Detroit, when they went yeah. and got him, I was like, perfect place for him because they're going to make things easy early on. But I'm trying to figure out, like, is it just the motor was lively, do you think? Or or offensively, do you need him to just dominate inside, or do you want to see some outside stuff? I'm worried he's going to float to the perimeter. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like where he gets a little too, like, perimeter and finesse-oriented, and we don't see him use his special physical gifts to dominate, because he should. And that that was the thing with Duran – that we we were harsh on him earlier in the year, but it was for a lot of mental mistakes and being out yes. of position and not missing rotations or missing passes, stuff like that. I never got the sense where it's like, oh yeah, I forgot the Durans on the floor. Like I for most of the time, 
um, you know, you kind of always felt that he was working hard. And, you know, obviously there were lapses here and there and stretches where he went quiet, but is he he really imposed himself physically almost every game in some form or fashion. And with Lively, it's just I didn't get that sense from him. And I, I, I think that that concern that you just mentioned about him drifting too much on the perimeter, I think is really smart because I want to see him roll hard. I want to see him establish deep post position and, you know, execute just a strong drop step into a big dunk, like just little things like that. I don't need him doing dream shakes and stuff in the post, but show off that athleticism because I don't think he has like the ball handling or ball skills to be like a point center or creator or anything like that on the perimeter. And I don't think the shot is good enough where he should only be on the perimeter. So sure. The occasional pick and pop the trail three stuff like that once in a while. Awesome. Love it. Cool. But I want him crashing the offensive glass, rolling hard to the rim, being that physical freak that he looks like. And I know he can be, it's just, does he want to be? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to look at their schedule right now. Playing Kansas. Is that the official start of the year, or do they have two tune-up games? I think they're the Champions I, Classic. Yeah? Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's That's against game. Kansas. He has a strong game there. I'm, I'm going to be buying some stock in a hurry. And I know a lot of people already have stock, but... I just, I just need to see it. And, and I'm, I think me and you are both pretty stubborn. Maybe is the wrong word, but when it comes to bigs, because you have to watch them very carefully because there's going to be a lot of bigs that have the athleticism. Now that's just how the game's translating and are trying to be guys that can space the floor because that's the modern NBA. You got to at least have the the potential to showcase it. If you're going to like apparently be a top five pick mm-hmm. or number one recruit, you got to look like you can be a versatile asset and, and more than just the guy that's going to dunk and, you know, attack the glass. So if lively could come out with his hair on fire and, and showcase that he wants to dominate, he wants to impose his will, then yeah it's going to heat up in a, in a hurry. I mean, that's, we're talking about James Wiseman. He barely, he played three games. If you even want to call it that and still went second overall. So lively and, and photos looks like he's bulked up. He's looked great. Um, like you said, like the footage is from Duke. He looks like he's going to be shooting. So yeah, I don't want him to rely upon that though. And we'll see. Yeah, and just just a point of clarification, they do have two tune-up games uh, against Jacksonville on the 7th and South Carolina Upstate on the 11th. So he should have be averaging 25 and 15 in those games at least. Um, I'm going to quote you to that. I'm going to quote you. That he yeah. should be. I'm not. He should know, be. He should be. He should be, yes. So, and then Kansas, oh, that'll be a good one. Cause, that'll uh, be fun. Who's their incoming freshman that I like? Gosh, my brain today oh, is just um, unbelievable. Oh, God, I know who you're talking about. Oh, God. Go, just go ahead, Metcalf. I'll talk. I'll bring it up. Sorry, uh, everyone. See, look at this. We're just too rattled. Yes, Uday. Uday. Um, he's a big boy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Lively, he's got to show something, and he's going to get tested early on, and every scout is going to be watching that game because that's going to be a good test, a good statement game. And if you can't get pumped up for early – of the year going up against the Jayhawks, you know, last year's national champs, shout out Ochai Abaji and Christian Brown. Rock Chalk. Rock Chalk. 
Like you got, that's gotta be a, a tone setter for lively. So I, I'm excited. I, I just, I'm picky with bigs and I can't do the bigs that coast, but I also, that's why I hate high school tape is because I know every mentality that they're having. They're having yeah. exactly like you said earlier, Metcalf. I'm the number one recruit in the nation. I'm going to Duke. Don't I have five up. games left in the year. Why do I care? Yeah. Like don't screw it up. Don't get hurt. Like, which sucks, but I get it. If I was yeah. in that position, I, you know, I'd be running through a wall, but I get it. <laughs> All right. Well, they, they also have some other incoming talent uh, in Kyle Filipowski, Mark Mitchell, Tyrese Proctor, Jalen Shutt, and Derek Whitehead. Uh, wh- wh- which one of those do you want to touch on? No, no, no. I started with Lively. You pick. I, I got to be a gentleman here. Talk to me. Who you want? Let's talk about Proctor. He's Let's fun. do it. Yeah, he is he's, fun. He's I like a him. a lot of fun. Um, I, I was hesitant going in, and then I just very quickly, it's like, oh, this dude can play. Um, love the athleticism. I think he's a really interesting scorer, good defender, good passer, not super dynamic playmaker, but makes the right reads a lot of the time. Um, I, I'm fascinated to see him at Duke. I think there's a chance Jeremy Roach is going to be the veteran on that team. I think there's a chance that Proctor's coming for that job. Just I'm saying that starting job. Um, cause he's six, five he's listed at one. Oh, I don't, I don't, my preseason. Thank you. Okay. I had him at one seventy eight from Sydney, Australia, reclassified to join this class. I love how he plays the game of basketball and the fact that he's six, five, I think. Yeah. I think that's my wild card at Duke is, you know, Lively's going to get the attention. Tariq Whitehead's going to get the attention. Filipowski is going to get some buzz. I think Proctor is the name to watch. I think he could be this rise of like, maybe it's the Dyson Daniels. We saw how quickly his name got just scorching. Proctor has, you know, and I know they're both from Australia, but Proctor has that sort of feel. And I just really, really like his game. It's, it's one of the prospects I'm the most excited to watch throughout the year, because I just think he, I don't think he's going to put up 25 a game. I think he's just going to be this really smart player that scouts are going to get excited about. And then he's going to start buzzing maybe even more than other guys that are putting up big numbers. Yeah. I'm just, I'm fascinated I'm really hoping that he gets more of those just pure point guard duties um, yes. because uh, in the games that I saw, uh, especially with the Australia team, um, he was playing a lot off ball. Um, the shot didn't really fall as much as you wanted, but I thought the form looked solid. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't expect him to be a non-shooter. Um, I, I just think he's really intriguing with a lot of tools and at that size, at that position, like that's how that position is trending now where you you have to have size to play there because all your opponents do um, someone else who has a good amount of size is Kyle Filipowski, seven foot, 230 pound center. A lot of kind of mixed reviews coming out on him. I believe Gavoni tweeted out the other day that uh, not, he hasn't been impressing per se in training camp. Uh, one of the games that I watched, he was absolutely dominant and had like 25 and 20, um, scoring in a myriad of ways, playing good defense. Uh, another one, you know, he is just an ancillary piece and just, you know, shooting the couple catch and shoot threes. So I'm fascinated to see what he is. If that one game was just 
him on an absolute scorcher and just dominating because everything was just flowing smoothly? Or is he more this kind of hit or miss type of guy? He's uh, he, he's the, the bit of a wild card for me because, you know, he seems like a super intelligent basketball player that can do a little bit of everything you want on the offensive side of the ball where it's like I've, I've seen him make some gorgeous passes. Um, the decision-making stands out. He's got good size. I'm trying to figure out, are they going to somehow try to play him and Lively together? Because I don't know if they can, but is that the idea of Filipowski is like this offensive piece that you could put kind of at the four that could space the floor and you put Lively at the five and they kind of counter each other. I don't know. I could see him being a really nice piece as a freshman. I could also see him being a guy that's like, "Eh, I don't know if you can keep him out there. You know, it's just tough because you watch this game. I get really intrigued, but um, I wonder if he's going to be quick enough. He, he doesn't look like he's going to blow by you, but he has some quickness. And I also think he knows how to use his body sometimes. Yeah. But then using your body and not being quick in high school is a different world than doing that in college because everyone's going to be able to, you know, wrestle you if you want to put it that way. So I don't know. He's, I have, I I can't get a great grasp and that's the one that I'm just going to have to watch closely at the beginning of the year and be like, "Eh, I don't know if I'm in or out. Yeah. So I, I kind of expect them to go with two centers. Um, (laughs) A good amount and just looking at their roster the they only have three forwards listed and Derek whitehead who's six seven mark mitchell six eight kale catching six five um i don't love any of them at the four um yeah. other than that ryan young they they have listed at center at six ten it wouldn't i bet he sees some time at power forward but then christian reeve seven one Derek lively seven one kyle filipowski seven foot stanley borden seven feet I bet we get a good amount of Filipowski and lively minutes because I do think Filipowski is at least more of a threat from outside or like more of a proven and consistent threat from outside than lively is. So I think he'll give them some size. I think he actually moves his feet pretty well on defense, but like you said, doing that at the high school level versus the college level and then versus the NBA level, they're completely different worlds. So you have to adjust and you have to make, you know, the necessary adaptations to your game and mentality to survive Will he do that? I guess we'll find out. But I, I think we're going to see a lot, a lot of those guys kind of playing together. And then Mark Mitchell, Derek Whitehead, and Proctor or Roach um, as the other three guys on the perimeter. Yeah, I, I, I think you got to go with that. I think you just got to move forward with it. Even if Filipowski's not dominating in training camp i think you still have to to figure out a way and i'm imagining when they run you know they're probably playing filipowski and lively against each other in camps or scrimmages and stuff like that just to get reps against you know the kind of talent fear because filipowski was what like 10th recruit and yeah he's ranked oh he's ranked seventh yeah in espn's 100 it before i say this they're not on the same level. So let's just put this out there. I think they're going to try to almost run a poor version of what they did last year with Mark Williams and Paulo and, you know, kind of almost have like the idea that lively could be the rim protector and 
make up for a lot of errors or something. If, if Filipowski's struggling defensively, they're like, well, we'll have Lively as the last line of defense. But I don't know. Metcalf, I mean, I'm like you. they got to probably have to play those two together because I do like the idea of maybe doing like a high-low with Filipowski's passing and, mm-hmm. and vision was Lively. But I don't know. I'm just too fascinated now with Duke. Um, I don't know. Go ahead, wherever you want. Um, talk to me about Mark Mitchell because I, I'm intrigued, but I feel like he's going to be one of these guys that does all the dirty work, does the little things, is a really good glue guy who makes the lineup on the floor a lot better. But I don't think his, you know, contributions are necessarily going to really fill up the stat sheet, which may make him a little under or go a little under the radar come draft time. You just described my favorite prospect to ever evaluate. So, but, but that it is the truth. Like those are the guys I love because I think they always get not enough spotlight, not enough respect. And then you find a smart franchise team. That's like, this guy's great. He's got a lot of upside. He's got a lot of potential and he knows how to do the dirty work already. Like, those guys end up playing 15 years in the NBA, you know, shout out PJ Tucker, who is not Jameer Nelson. If you know, you know, um, I like Mark Mitchell. I think you described it beautifully. I think he's going to be the guy that is going to make the team a lot better. I think he's nasty. I think he's got good length. I think he's got good size. I think he competes. I, I I'm, <laughs> there's some guys on this team I'm ready to fall in love with. And it's, it's Proctor and Mark Mitchell I'm lukewarm on Filipowski. I'm sorry, Kyle, if you want to come on the pod and talk about it, we're ready. Lively, I don't know which way I'm going to swing. Um, and then the other guy that we haven't talked about is, you know, I just can't stop drooling about his ability. But what about you? Are, are you thinking you're going to buy into Mark Mitchell? Is there a world that he's a first-round pick in your eyes? He's not going to get enough touches, which is a realistic thing at Duke. Yeah, I I, I could see that holding him back because I I like the defense. I think he has a lot of versatility on that end. Um, It was just kind of like the scoring and consistency. Um, You know, I and that that doesn't make me not like him as a player, but just in terms of building draft, you know, draft stock scoring make you know helps with that a lot and when you're not this prolific scorer um it's it can be easy for guys to kind of fall through the fall through the cracks there are words good job tyler um so i i just have no idea what his offensive role is going to be because there there are a lot of mouths to feed there and i'm we don't know how john shire is as a head coach yet um I'm encouraged based on the couple games we saw him kind of take over last season. I think he's going to be a smart guy and use guys correctly and in different kind of modern ways. So I'm excited. Um, I'm just a little tentative. I think it's Corey over at No Ceilings who's really high on Mark Mitchell and just kept saying that every time he watched that team, Mitchell was the guy who kept standing out. So I, I really want to buy in. I'm like right on the fringes of like being like, yep, top 20 dude here we go uh but right now kind of like late first early second for me just because there isn't that consistent high level production which i know is just counterintuitive to everything i just said praising him so yeah so we're <laughs> we're having a tough show right now just because we're just a little rattled that this is you know the last of two per week see what everyone's done to us they're bringing us apart 
But, I think I will go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was going to pivot to Drake. But if you got final Mitchell thoughts, I just think, yeah, yeah my final thoughts with Mitchell is I think this is going to be the classic guy that everyone else might be a higher potential draft selection, but everyone watches Duke and goes, gosh, Mark Mitchell can play like, j- yeah. just like you, you want Mark Mitchell on your team. You want your next, if you're an NBA fan, you want your team to take Mark Mitchell and then someone takes him 21st and you're like, oh man, Mark Mitchell's nasty. Like I just, I have that vibe watching him that I think like that's going to be the guy that you really fall in love with. You're like, someone gets him at 20 to 30 or, you know, just nasty. And, and Duke always needs those glue guys. And I think that's what his calling card is going to be this year. If he could play really tough and play good defense and pick his spots and take advantage of it, then I think it's going to be, that's going to speak a lot of volumes too for NBA scouts. Like they're going to pay attention to that. Cause it's not just about points with those guys. They want teams, want guys that they understand are going to put themselves in the right position and, and do everything necessary to, you know, win. All right. Well, I know we did a full episode on this guy earlier this summer, but I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about him at all. Uh, Derek Whitehead, have your feelings changed on him at all since that episode? No, I, I still love him. Even, you know, the injury is a buzzkill. I think he's supposed to be out. They said till November, December. I don't know. But I think he's going to come back and really open some eyes around the draft world because I love his game. I think he's tough. And I think his size, his versatility, his upside defensively, I, I'm, I'm in love, Metcalf. I think this is going to be a guy that I end up happen in my top five i think i might already do but i'm just saying like when it everything comes said and done i i have him sixth excuse me but damn you i didn't know you hated dury whitehead no well i mean i'll just say it right now my preseason big board i have victor scoot whitmore nick smith jarris walker whitehead that's my top six so I could easily see a world in which I switch Whitehead and Nick Smith and have Dariq in the top four. But I, I just, I really, really like his game. I could see him being third. But I, I if the shot comes along, we've talked about this on the episode, you know, go listen to it. If the shot keeps coming along and he can, you know, be above that 35% from three, yeah. What about you? Yeah, and I, I these last couple of weeks, I kind of felt myself – cooling on him a little just because i hadn't watched him in a while and then it's okay it's and okay. then in prepping for this pod you know uh a couple of the guys that i was watching were playing montford and i was just like holy fuck this dude is good um so yeah i i'm still all in i have him third feel great about it um yeah i i, I think he's an absolute stud i'm so bummed about the foot injury but Shit happens and he'll just come back hungry and ready to prove himself because people will likely have forgotten about him by then. So this Duke team is loaded, but so is their, uh, you know, their, their in-state rival, (laughs) the, the number one North Carolina Tar Heels. All right. Right now I'm going to throw it at you before you even give it to me. I'm going to throw it right back at you. Who is the number one prospect you think that you could fall in love with? Go. 
for North, North Carolina because they're going to be a really no. good team. But I don't know. I know what everyone wants to say. We don't have to spend too much time on them. North Carolina's going to be damn good, folks. I promise. They they're are really, they're really be, good. They're going to be really good. I'm just thinking in draft, specifically draft terms. I know um, who is the answer, but I don't know if I'm buying it. I, I'm going to go out on a. I'm going to go with a wild card and say that Puff Johnson ends up being my I highest ranked did. Tar Heel. <laughs> I like Puff Johnson. I'm excited to see him this year. I think that's the most interesting guy in terms of potential. Just like explode, have a great year. Yeah, because if if that shot really comes around, uh, I, I think last year he started showing how he could contribute as a defender. Um, I and mean, he's got good size. I think he's like six eight. Uh, yeah, six eight, two hundred. Cam Johnson's younger brother. Um, just need that shot to start falling like his brothers. And whoo. Well, I mean, Armando Baycott. Every North Carolina fan listening to this is yep. probably flipping a desk and saying it's Arm- Armando Baycott. I love Armando. He rebounds like he's possessed. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to end up a second rounder. He's probably going to get some nibbles from NBA teams and he's going to have the potential to, to stick at the NBA level because of his rebounding ability and his, you know, as a rotation guy, there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't see yeah. a world in which unless Armando is all of a sudden, you know, facing the floor and, and shooting mid range jumpers on a regular basis. I don't see a world in which he's probably getting up into that top 20 area. Um, Caleb love, like I really like him. He he can get crazy hot from outside, but yes, he can. He's just inconsistent. I mean, he averaged 15.9, 3.4 rebounds, 3.6 assists. His shooting splits during the season were 37, 36, 86. And I was thinking, I was like, he had a really good tournament run. I remember he was just really impressive. Yep. And I looked back and he had 18.8 points, 3.3 rebounds. His shooting splits were 37, 32. So I was like... Yeah, Whoa. but shoot or shoot. Yeah, I shoot or shoot, <laughs> but I could shoot 37 32. And I and that's an open gym, and I'm probably not getting picked to play another game. Like I just think if he could be he needs to be way, way more consistent, especially with every draft class. And I'm not trying to rag on Caleb, but every draft class has so much talent in the backcourts. Mm-hmm. So you gotta be consistent, you gotta be efficient. And if he can do that with how good North Carolina is gonna be, absolutely he could become a, a priority, you know, target for some teams, maybe late first or early second. But, you know, he's not that elite of a talent in which you can live with him 37% from the field. Um, go ahead. Sorry, I went on a little rant. No, I, it was a good one because I, Thank you. I, I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's important to note also how much he's improved since his freshman year because he yes. was a disaster as a freshman um, after being, I believe a five-star recruit uh, top 10 guy. And he was really bad, but he, he turned into a, he's turned into a really, really good player. The thing that I want to see from him is just an improvement in his decision-making. And that comes with shot selection and his playmaking and the turnovers and just improving that is just going to inherently improve his percentages because he takes so many bad pull-up jumpers um and 
hopefully and with you know another year with this team another year of maturity and experience that game continues to slow down for him mentally and he starts being able to pick his spots a little more effectively so even if his points come down like two or three a game but the percentage percentages take you know a five to ten percent leap like okay awesome now now we're talking about a guy who i could see going top 40 um and then you know the assists or the turnovers come down a little bit too i'm not talking about you know drastic changes to his style of play just refining things you know not forcing every pull up jumper and not trying to make the hero pass every possession but just making the simple read and making the simple shot and taking what the defense gives you i think that would do absolute wonders for him completely agree um i I don't know i i just I need the efficiency and, and yeah. I'm not rooting against anyone. We all know this. Everyone at no ceilings is not rude against prospects. I just need Caleb love to be more consistent. If you know, he's going to potentially be an NBA guard and spoiler alert, he's not going to probably get drafted as a starting point guard at the next level, but early season, you never know what can happen over one off season. And he's gotten so much better each year. So that's, yeah. that's all I got to say. Yeah, and then, you know, another returner in Leaky Black, who I think is just going to be a good, really good college player and, you know, probably one of those North Carolina legends. Um, I'm not sure I necessarily see much NBA potential with him. A um, couple top 100 recruits coming in in uh, Jalen Washington, who apparently has a seven foot four wingspan, which is mm-hmm. awesome, uh, but has struggled with some injuries. Uh, Seth Trimble, I think he just plays really simple. And I mean, that as an absolute compliment. Um, I think he'll just be like a really steady kind of presence as a backup point guard, uh, Tyler nickel. And then they get Pete Nance transferring in from Northwestern. Um, Pete Nance had a lot of fans in draft Twitter last year. Where were you at with him? I was, I liked him. And then I, I feel like the more I watched, I was like, I think you need another year. And then saw him play some games, and I thought he was competitive and nasty. He put up some good numbers. He averaged 14.6 points, 6.5 rebounds, shooting splits of 49, 45, 76 at 6'11". That's very impressive, and and he can shoot it. I think him going to North Carolina was a great decision because he's going to get a lot, lot more spotlight. And if you put up in North Carolina, you're going to get some buzz because – 6'11 with that shot, he it would not be surprising to me if he's a popular sleeper again this year, and, and that echoes even louder. But I like his game. Um, I just think maybe being around more talent might really – he's going to be a heck of an addition for North Carolina this year. Like the, he, They're going to have to play him a bunch just because of he can get red hot too. So I'm sort of circling that name because I know he's going to be older, but I I like his potential to be, we're looking at rotation guys now. Yeah. like We're not saying Pete Nance needs to be a lottery pick, but this is a guy that NBA teams might be like, Hey, that's a great seventh or eighth option early on in his career until he continues to develop. What about you? I I was just really impressed with, um, his basketball IQ. He just felt like a really, really smart player. Um, just for the, his passing, uh, his floor awareness, the ver- the two way versatility. I, I just really liked it. Uh, I think on this team, he's gonna be an awesome addition. I think this. I think this team could be 
really nasty all year. I, I kind of expect them to be a one or two seed in the tournament. I know hot take about the uh, number one overall seed in the country, but that that's what you get here, folks. Um, I'm just not sure how much NBA talent per se there is on this team. Fuck ton of college talent though. So they're going to be really good all year. Um, another team that is fascinating, Florida State. Yes. Bunch of versatility. Where do you want to start with them? Can you talk to me about Matthew Cleveland and oh. did I did oh we're gonna we're gonna see eye to eye on this, aren't we? <laughs> so Matthew Cleveland got so much dang buzz, I feel like, in the draft community, and I never yeah. drank or ate from that area of the kitchen. Um I'm trying to get his stuff up. So go ahead, Metcalf. I'll find up all of his stuff and let everyone know because I'm a nicer guy. Um, yes, and I have him listed at 6'6", 220, but I think those are from last year. So he could be 6'8", 225 if Florida State feel, feels like boosting his numbers. Um, it felt a lot like everyone wanted him to just be Scotty Barnes again. And Yes, I saw that from tape too because I watched tape to get prepped for this. And he's not. Which is okay. Um, I think he's a really smart player. Uh, I liked a lot of what he did on defense. The shot wasn't there. The athleticism wasn't there. Um, it was, it, to me, it kind of felt a lot like Harrison Ingram's freshman year where it was like, okay, like put down the gasoline (laughs) easy. Well, no, it was like, okay. Like you clearly understand the game and like you have a high feel, but there's just not the production that you need. And, you know, if you don't have that elite athleticism or really good athleticism, and then you're also not shooting it, and then you're also not producing or putting up numbers or producing in other areas, it's like, what are we talking about then as an NBA player? He's got to shoot it from outside. It's, He's not Scotty Barnes. I understand why everyone was intrigued with him. Like I was even watching film and I was like, I'm intrigued. There's some good tools. He looks a lot bigger than six, seven. He's lengthy. He's got a good frame. Um, he does some good stuff around the basket. He's a grab and go guy. I could see him really taking the next step forward this year. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I was trying to even find games to just get a look at the outside shot and there was like nothing and then i was like oh my gosh i have to go to instat shout out instat thanks for sponsoring and i was like i have to click just on three point shots and then it was like none attempted in the last couple i was like what and then i was just like okay change it to last 10 games and then so he's just he's got to at least shoot him this year. Like you have to showcase that. And then if you can showcase that and it's respectable, then you're really going to heat up because there is a lot of interesting tools, but I just never was there. Um, And and when I watched briefly last year, I was kind of like, I understand why this is a Twitter, a draft Twitter favorite. And then I was like, the funny thing is when someone starts buzzing on Twitter, this is what I do. I wait. Cause I'm like, yeah. if you, if you are buzzing now and you're buzzing for a couple of weeks, let me wait a month. And then if you're still buzzing in a month, 
I will go back because because as much as you know, I, I don't watch guys just because everyone's buzzing or or you know consensus is going crazy about them. Until I see the right people that are talking about them, if someone I I respect their opinion and I know who they are and they start talking about them, I'm like, all right, time to turn on the tape. But if it's just you know, and it's not that I don't respect everyone, but it's just like I can tell when someone's like a a new, you know, carrot dangling in front of all of us. I can also tell when someone's got a real case. It's like, no, you need to watch him. And also it usually involves Metcalf texting me and I'm like, Oh gosh. Okay. Now there's, there's the proof. If Tyler Metcalf is texting me. Well, a a couple other guys who are returning, um, Caleb Mills, Cameron Fletcher, a couple incoming freshmen who are top hundred recruits and Cameron, Cameron Corhen, apologies, and Deontay Green. Um, but I, the the real name to come on. Let's to, talk about him. To watch is Baba Miller. So Baba, just how are you feeling about Baba Miller? Hit me with it. Excited, scared, intrigued, fascinated. All, all, okay. all of it. Yes, <laughs> all of the D, all of the above. That's the one buzzing on Twitter too. A lot of people talking about him, and then I watched him and. Anytime someone's internationally and you're making some buzz in the Adidas next generation tournaments, you have a soft spot in Tyler's heart. Cause I love, I've, I've literally got the chance to coach as an assistant in that tournament. That's great basketball. I love it. Um, and man, he looks like a potential unicornish type of player. Cause he's just lengthy as heck. And you see him take some, defensive rebounds up the court and then throw a dime and you're like you have my attention baba so i want him to be really really awesome because his name is just electric to have to say <laughs> like about baba miller I, I mean there's a lot of really fun flashes i just don't know if it's a one and done guy or a uh, florida state project i feel yeah. like there's no middle ground he's either gonna just be like hitting the ground and it's like whoa buckle up or if it's gonna be kind of like a all right this might take a little while which is fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. So and he's listed at 6'11", 204, just super athletic. Um, for me, the, the defense just really popped where it's like, all right, this dude's a menace on, on defense. And, um, you know, thinking about this Florida State team, it'd be like, God, him and John Butler on the perimeter would have been a lot of fun. John, come on. Uh, good luck yeah, in Portland. Um, but- Shout out Mike Schmitz. And so the, the, the defense is what gets me excited. I'm hesitant with the offense. Um, what, what role do you see him playing or succeeding in? Problem with, with these guys that are like the point forward. If you even want to say it for that, like projection, is he going to have, you have to have like one of them. So I feel like I watch Matthew Cleveland and I'm like, okay, is that him? Like, are you going to make it Matthew Cleveland's like the guy kind of with the size, the grab and go guy? Are you going to just play them both together and kind of let them rain terror like a bunch? Well, of- he's going to have a 15 man rotation like he always does. Yeah, yeah, that is true. So I don't know. I Because like the outside shot looked intriguing to me. Um, I thought it was going to be a little uglier than it was. What did you think? I, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It felt very mechanical where like he just 
like really low dip went straight up above his head then kind of almost like paused for a second and then just flicked it with his wrist yeah Yeah. like where he like just real low dip went straight up almost like paused for a split second and then let it go and something with his footwork felt a little funky too where his like right foot like went way out that kind of caused some like caving in the knees um oh gosh you really watched a lot of baba I thought I maybe I saw a bunch of transition stuff and I was just like, oh, great. Well, the, the, no, wait. From, yeah, from I, the games I, I, that I, I saw, though, there yeah, wasn't, yeah. A, there, there wasn't like a, there wasn't a ton of sample size with it either. So, you yeah, know, which is like really the funny. last 10, there were like five three pointers. So I was like, all right, cool. Got a lot to work with here. But it, it felt like a work in progress. I know what you're talking about now. I apologize. Yes. There's that hitch. And he had a couple ones where I was like, whoa, where's that? But with the limited sample size, then you also see some good ones and you're like, okay, yeah, is this, you're trending towards this or is it just the inconsistent? But Florida State does great because they always get those damn, you know, velociraptors to go down there and they basically a Jurassic Park where, you know, Patrick Williams and Scotty Barnes, they're, they're breeding them down there. So, I mean, we'll see what they can do with him. I, I, I like his potential. I like his upside, but I feel like it's just the biggest swing factor is Baba Miller. Like if he hits the ground and everything looks great. Yeah. He's going to be buzzing in a hurry. If he looks really, really raw, you know, what is his role? What, what, because like you said, they're going to rotate guys left and right. And if Bob is not ready, they will not be afraid to be like, he's not ready. But I think yeah. there's just too much upside that he's going to at least get, get a chance to, to prove his worth in rotation. So are, are we thinking like more precious Achua type player with him? Um, maybe Chris Boucher. I'm just naming Raptors now. Um, <laughs> I know you got to. He's 100 percent going to end up on the Raptors. 100 percent. Masai's got a pipeline down there. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Um, So is is that the type of player we're hoping he kind of turns into, like the way we've seen Precious develop? Are we thinking? Are we thinking better or or worse? I think you're completely different. (laughs) The problem is, I just don't. I don't know. Spoiler alert! It's October 20th. I don't know yet. Like. I guess your you're hoping he's Boucher that can be playmaking and floor spacing, which just talking sounds like just this year. Oh, just this year? No, I mean, he, I got to give Chris Boucher some respect, you know, Pac-12's finest. I don't know, Metcalf. What, what about you? Like, what's your dream role for him? Because that's why I think everyone's fascinated with Baba Miller is you're trying to put a finger on, like, what is he? And no one really knows because he's just like, he looks like he's going to be this potential wing that can just run with great size and you don't think he's 611 when you're watching him until you see a couple plays and you're like he is lengthy as shit so i don't know but i also don't know you know acc is going to be another world compared to you know being a lengthy athletic guy overseas yeah it'll be fascinating i where where do you have him right now because i i'm just looking at my list, I have him lower than I know I should. But it's also one of those things where it's like once I see two or three games of him doing what I kind of hope he can do, it's going to be like, all right, you're jumping up 25 spots. Yeah, I, I got him way low. 
I mean, I haven't even touched my rankings in a while, folks, so I can't let everyone judge. But I, I have him like second round, early, very early Wait, second okay. round. Okay. But I mean, I'm looking at my list right now. I already want to change six like, things because I haven't it, touched this. Right, and it's like it, it, he feels like one of those guys where it's like we have him low, and after two games, it's like, and you're now fifteenth. Yeah, like. Hundred percent. Like I, I probably have him. No, I I probably have him maybe late first, early second right now. Because I just I I'm looking at my list. There's guys that I'm like, why did I have him there? Like no, no. Actually, it's not that bad. But I I think he's just. It's gonna take one game, and I'm gonna be like, how comfortable is he? And I'm not saying he needs one game where he puts up fifteen and eight. But if he comes out and looks confident and under control and has a nice little nine and seven efficient and four assists. I'm going to be like, yeah, here we go. Like that's something to build off of. Yeah. I just kind of need to see it, but someone that I don't think we really need to see it with because we already did is Terquavion Smith, who surprised a lot of people returning to North Carolina state. Um, What, I, I loved his rationale for it too, where he's like, I just kind of still want to be in college. And it's like, that uh, that's awesome. And apparently he's getting like no pressure from his family or supporters or anything like that, which you just absolutely love to hear. So what are your expectations with Turquavion this year? He averaged 16 a game last year. 6'4", 165 he was listed at. Shooting splits of 39, 36, 69. He was the buzz heading into the draft. People were falling in love. And had a good combine, allegedly. Had a really good combine. Really, really good combine. I was shocked he returned after his combine. I watched a lot of the combine, and I was just like, all power to you. I think he's going to go crazy this year. I, I I think, you know, he averaged 16 a game last year. If he could somehow flirt with 20, that's a big number in college hoops. So I just want to see his, his frame developed. I want to see if he can finish around the basket. That's the biggest Achilles heel with him is, is yeah. getting to finish around the rim. If he can do that and efficiently put up some good numbers this year, yeah, he's going to have a lot of NBA executives in their feelings because the, this is the, every team wants one of these. Now you want the Jordan pools. You want the guys that just come off the bench or in the rotation and are just spark plugs, just microwave weapons. And Turkavion looks like he's going to have that potential, but now we need to see if that game takes another step. My nightmare is that he tries to force this year and yeah, same same story or like he goes from 16 to 17 with similar shooting splits i'll be like <sighs> you know I, and mm-hmm. i thought he was really impressed i was colder on him and then watched him in that combine and i was like okay there's something here and when he i feel like i did just like an emphatic fist pump when he was like i'm going back i was like yes i love when guys gamble on themselves and they're like i want to get better i want to improve i believe in myself to improve my draft stock over one year. And we'll see. I, I mean, what about you, Metcalf? Where were you at with him? Where are you kind of, what do you want to see this year? Um, yes. Yeah, so and I wrote about him last year and just like his scoring versatility. 
His space creation on the outside was awesome. One of the quickest releases in the country. Uh, I think he could be a lethal shooter. The weight's obviously an issue, but you know he's a teenager, so it's not. I'm not super concerned about it. Is what you said is the the at rim finishing because I think he's a solid playmaker. I thought the defense at times was good enough. Um, it's a little inconsistent, but whatever. Is can you finish at the rim? And it wasn't just that he was missing at the rim. It was that he was actively making shots harder for himself and never getting to the line. His free throw numbers were not where you would want him to be for someone with that kind of scoring pedigree and usage rate. Um, when he attacked the rim and guys, you know, you would get that shot blocker rotating to him. He was actively leaping out of the way to avoid contact. And that's a really tough habit to overcome to teach a guy to, especially with his size, to go into the shot blocker, to initiate that contact, to play a little more physical. It'll get him to the line more. It will, you know, hopefully it'll take away that shot blocker's ability to really alter his shot. It's an important skill that he has to learn. I hope we see more of it this year. If he continues completely avoiding contact at the rim, I'm going to be really concerned. Um, because I don't really have any concerns over his perimeter game because I think he's a really good passer, awesome shooter. I think all of that stuff is going to translate, but the level of player that he'll ultimately be is what does he end up doing around the rim? And if he can't figure it out, it's really going to lower his floor or or his ceiling, I guess. Yeah. Some would say he has no ceiling. (laughs) He had a five-game stretch to close out the year where he averaged 23.8 points, 5.4 rebounds, 2.2 assists, shooting splits 43.2 and 46.9. That's what we're talking about. Like if he could put, I'm not even saying the whole year, but if he could put a extended stretch of that type of numbers while showcasing that he can finish around the basket, Because I think you brought up a fantastic point there that is so dang important for evaluation. It is very easy to teach some guys some stuff to get rid of bad tendencies and habits. It's very hard to teach a guy to all of a sudden be wanting to take contact on if they're always afraid of it. And a lot of guys are going to do that because they're trying to protect themselves or if you're 160 pounds and a 200 pound guy or 250 is hitting you, it yeah. hurts. <laughs> so I mean, I'm not, I'm not putting this against Turkavion for like, hey, why don't you go, you know, be more physical? But let's see what he's been working on in the off season. I mean, you could add muscle and kind of not add weight, you know, but I think he needs to add both. So. I'm going to be interested to kind of hear what the buzz is about his weight um, or just to see if his frame has improved, like his definition and and he's willing to take on more because he has some nastiness when he attacks, like he'll throw down some slams. You're like, Oh my gosh. Really good athlete. Yeah. Really good athlete. But it is just, you need to absorb contact. You need to prove that at the next level you can do that. But you know, also if you could at least just sprinkle that in a little bit more while taking another step forward with his scoring ability, then yeah, you're going to heat up in a hurry and he's going to be the one to watch, especially for NC state. All right. Well, we are already over an hour in and we've hit on four teams. So do you want me to, how how do you want to approach the, the, the rest of this conference? Do you want me to just kind of rattle off a bunch of teams and names and 
pick the ones you like, or do you, is there anyone specific that I that that was on the rundown um, that you really want to talk about? I just want to highlight. I'll just quickly put this, and then you can do a little rundown. I think everyone. I think my guy that I'm going to be very intrigued with with the ACC is uh, JJ Starling. Yeah, let's talk going about to Notre Dame. Well, I just he's one of those that I've talked to you about this. Like I always have some guys that. I feel like really jump at me and I get really like my curiosity is peaked. And when I watch him, there's a lot that I like with his game. There's a lot that I could see at the next level taking off. And I think he's smooth. He looks like he has that good burst in tight spaces, mm. but he's not out of control. If that makes sense. Like I don't think he's the fastest, but I think he knows how to, use his first step and and when people are smothering him and, and to create a little bit of separation let's see if you can translate that from high school to college but everything looks smooth with his game um it, his shot is quick but it gets it he has like that out in front of you release if that makes sense yeah. he brings it out to and then it's quick it's almost I'm not saying he's Ray Allen but you know how Ray Allen has that form that I feel like everyone always tries to like duplicate where it's like the straight up and top of the head and I feel like his is a little out front but um I, I just kind of like I'm intrigued I think that's a guy that I could be very excited about if I was like oh he's second half of the first round I'd be like damn that's a nice piece to get if if he has a great year for Notre Dame obviously so what what would you need to see from him to be like yeah this is a guy I'm gonna have as a first round grade I think it's a lot of stuff I saw in high school. I just need to see if it translates to college because he has some sneaky understanding of how to set people up, which I love. Like you don't have to have this bullet quickness, but if you just understand how to attack people's balance or, you know, when they're off balance, know how, when to hit the you know gas pedal and when to stop. I think he has some good smoothness where it's like, he can be going one speed and then stop and pull up and it looks under control. There's just some, some stuff I keep watching with his game and it's making me want to watch more, which those are the guys I fall in love with throughout the year. Because I'm like, if you can, if you can get me to stay glued to your film, that's where I'm like, okay, there's something here. I want to watch as much as possible. There's guys that I watch and I'm like, yeah, Top, you know, 14, top 14, he's going to go in the lottery. Like, you can see he's playing at the next level. But if you can intrigue me enough to that, like, I want to pick your game apart, that's where I feel like I find a prospect where I'm like, this is what I'm excited about. Like Tyrese Halliburton, I could get drunk on his film because it was just something he did in every aspect of the game impressed me. And that's those are like fun evaluations, but – Starling just had me like, okay, I want to watch more. I want to watch more. But what about you? Do you have any early thoughts about him? Or were you just kind of like, yeah, you want to um, tell me I'm an asshole? That's fine. We can do that. We can. Yeah, no, it. I thought he was dog shit. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I think he's going to be a nasty shooter. I, yeah, uh, he I just looks be really good. Fun. Um, I love the way he moves off ball. Uh, just kind of effort. It just comes natural to him. Just his relocation, yes. uh, running off screens. He just knows where where to be and when to be there. Um, it looks I, smooth, Metcalf. Yeah. You know what it is? You said natural. I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's like a damn duck on a pond. 
That's just what they're supposed to do. And when he has the ball in his hands, I'm like, this is just what he's supposed to do. Like he just knows how to score and, and it's smooth. It doesn't look forced. It looks just, looks like Beethoven playing the piano. Like it's just gorgeous. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I have some hesitations on the defense. Oh, here we go. They I'm just saying, just... I'm just saying. Like he, <laughs> He he died on screens all the time. Oh gosh, um, we don't need you to be in mad scientist mode in October. I Can we do that starting Monday, please? <laughs> His screen Fine. navigation's a real problem for me. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. God. No, no. I mean, okay. Well, no. Actually, finish that because now you get me something extra to watch with film because I want to see if I agree with you. Is it this? What's what is concerning to you besides the screen navigation? Um, I, I I just I didn't think there was a ton of explosiveness to his game. Where I I thought it kind of hurt him, you know, creating space on offense, but more mm-hmm. so on defense, staying with guys. I uh, you know I I thought his footwork was solid. Um, it's just when a screen came or he got against those guys who had that really quick first step, is like he just didn't have a chance. So. Is is stuff like that, you know, maybe it gets coached out of them. Um obviously, you know, the the raw explosiveness can't be, but learning how to go over or under a screen and when to do that, you know, that that that, that will come in time. So it, it, it was nothing damning. It's just like God, you're getting taken out of a lot of plays by just a simple screen here. Um that I, I just didn't love, but the his ability as like a pure two guard, I was like, Oh God, there is a lot here to really like. Yeah. For a hundred percent. Okay. Let's, let's do a rundown. We're, we're, we're trying to deny the inevitable about this being the last, you know, <laughs> the last, <laughs> we're, we're just never, episodes. we're just never going to sign off. Yeah, um, we're never going to sign off. <laughs> all right. So with Syracuse, a couple freshmen coming in and Judah Mintz and Chris Bunch, um, I, you know, Bunch wasn't a top hundred guy, but I, I think there's some kind of nuance to his game that was pretty intriguing. Doubt he's a one and done, uh, but a guy, a young guy to keep an eye on. And then Benny Williams, Judah Mintz, I have feelings on that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say for the future. If um, you don't like Judah Mintz this year as a prospect, just message uh, or just tag Maxwell on our team. <laughs> He'd love to talk about it. Big Judah Mintz guy. Jay-Z, big Judah Mintz guy. <laughs> uh, Virginia, I think the only returner that might sniff the NBA is Reese Beekman, a really good defender. We'll see what happens with the shot. They have um, a couple freshmen, top 100 freshmen coming in, and Isaac Trott, uh, Isaac McNeely, and Leon Bond. Uh, Louisville, two top 100 recruits in Devin Ree and Kamari Lands. Uh, they did land Branley Huntley Hatfield, uh, transferred from Tennessee, who I actually really liked last year. I thought he was showed some really intriguing flashes. I'm guessing he's going to be in a much larger role at Louisville. So it'll be it'll be fascinating to see, um, you know, what what he has to his game. Uh, Miami uh, has Nigel Pack, transfer from Kansas State, probably one of the best shooters in college basketball, but I'm a little concerned that his size probably limits him. Uh, Isaiah Wong, good athlete, good defender. Is this the year that it finally happens for him? Uh, some some people uh, re- refuse to give up hope. I'm not one of them. A um, couple <laughs> incoming freshmen and C- Christian Watson and AJ Casey, uh, Virginia Tech, top 100 recruit and Rodney Rice, Wake Forest, uh, landed 
Florida transfer Tyree Appleby, um, Clemson uh, top hundred uh, recruit and Dylan Hunter at point guard. Uh, and then just the last name, uh, Pittsburgh with Dior Johnson, who is the 35th overall recruit, but he is uh, going through some shit. So we'll just leave it at that. So and any of those names you want to expand on or talk about or names that I missed? Yeah, there's a name that you missed and I'm trying to fill up his name. I love how you just said we're going to leave it at that because that is exactly the perfect scenario to bring up the Dior Johnson. We're not going to talk about that. Um, who's my boy? Norchad Omir. Hell of a name. You need to watch him. I he played Arkansas or he played at Oh, uh, this dude. You were you, oh, yeah, you were tweeting about him the other day. Yes. He he Holy played at Arkansas State last year. He played at Arkansas State last year. At one point in the year, he was like one of the top shot blockers in college basketball. And I was like, who the heck is this guy? And I was like, it was like 3 a.m. I don't ask me. It's just too much coffee. And I was like, screw it. I'll throw on the tape. He's undersized. He's really fun. Like he's just nasty. Like he, he, he averaged at uh, 17 points, almost 18 points, 12.2 rebounds, two blocks, 1.6 steals, just a beast. Like I, I if he makes the tournament, someone's going to fall in love with him because he's just like how nasty he is. Um, yeah, so that, that's the that's the wild card I'd watch. He might not ever be a draft prospect, but he's just really, really fun. I actually think if he has a good year in Miami, like someone's going to be like, he's getting some buzz as a prospect in the second round. It would not shock me just because he's he's a machine. Like uh, I really, really like watching him. If anything, he's a delight film watch just because he just does some stuff or he's a madman. He's a he is a bull in a china shop. So okay. That's all I got, Metcalf, and I love you. That's all I gotta say. I love you, and I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm excited for year two, baby. Monday, we're open for business. We're like Seven Eleven. We're always open. Starting. <laughs> okay. Yeah, How do you so beat that? Just, How do you beat that? I'm, I'm throwing out seven types of smoke tonight. You're throwing oh. out a lot tonight, but uh... <laughs> I've had a, I've had a day. <laughs> Rucker, tell, tell, tell the people where they can find you. Um, I'm at Arkham Asylum. <laughs> no, um, I'm at NoSeilingsNBA.com. Uh, start next week. I'll have pieces rolling out again. It's it's going to feel so good to be writing for NoSeilingsNBA.com and no other website. Um, <laughs> I'm also at Tyler underscore Rucker on Twitter. I love all of you. Yes, you guys listening. I love you all. Thanks for for buckling down the hatches and hanging with us. We got big plans for this year. Guests, laughs, excitement, a lot of goodies in store. So Metcalf, you're a gentleman as always, and I need to get off the mic (laughs) because I'm having way too much fun. Well, once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. Just a reminder, next week, I know I've been hammering at home, but podcast is going daily. So on Monday, you have the Draft Deeper crew. On Tuesday, you will have one, a No Ceilings host with a an external guest. Wednesday, uh, Nick Agar-Johnson hosting Deep Dives. Thursday, the Draft Deck crew with Corey and Albert. And then Friday, you get us again. So exciting stuff. We're going live daily with our writing next week, too. And... We have new merchandise and the preseason draft guide dropping next Monday. That is October 24th. Make sure to check it 
out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, rumor has it. I will also be returning to my weekly writing next week. Uh, first, you know what? Screw it. I'll spoil it. Uh, first one will be breaking down Victor Wembanyama's defense next Friday. Oh, gosh. We're going to have some fun. So you can find all of that at noceilingsnba.com. You can find all of our merchandise at noceilingsnba.bigcartel.com. You can follow us across all socials at noceilingsnba and on YouTube at noceilingstv. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and five-star rating. Till next Friday, see ya.